Good evening and welcome back to the weekly question and answers at anash.org. Let me begin with last week we spoke about buying fish fillet from Casco which doesn't have any simonum. It has no skin so it doesn't have the simonum of fish, caches of fish. So this week I got uh, some reaction and one of the emails which I got was um, an article of one of the cashless organizations, the national cashless organizations, which they hold that basically you could rely on that simon um, of that is pink their own right any makoiris was the makar in aloha that pink, the color of pink, is basically a simon. And also, they write that basically there aren't any fish which are not kosher, which is for commercial use, which is the color of pink. Now, in our journal, Aris Koivetz Aris Rule, number 53, we have an article of Rabbi Weiss, which is the head of the MK Cashless Organization in Canada. Now he holds, he writes a whole big article on this subject, and he writes, he goes into a whole dalucha, and he says there's no such thing as relying on such a similar. But he adds on very two interesting, very interesting notes. He writes like this: one of the rabbanim on our bezdin of the MK bought a piece of fillet fish from a shark. And it was also pink because some sharks are, has, have some kind of pink fish. And basically, he gave it for one of the biggest uh, commercial uh, dealers of fish. And he asked him if he could tell him what kind of fish this is. And he told him it could be or a shark, or a steelhead salmon, or a third fish. Now, you're talking about the major, major uh, mimche in uh, fish and here's told him that I cannot identify it if it's basically a shark or it's basically a salmon or something else so if a big memche cannot identify that this is a basically a salmon so there's no such a thing as a salmon pink fish second all which we see from it that there are some fish which is for commercial consumption and it is pink that's number one Number two, he writes like this. We took three pieces of fish for one of the big knowledgeable people in uh, fish production. And we asked him, one was a piece of salmon, which was basically pink. One was basically a salmon, which was basically colored. They added on color. And the third was a codfish which is basically a non-kosher fish. And basically, he told him that he could not say which one is cod and which one is salmon. So basically to say that salmon fish, because it's pink, everybody and anybody can identify that it's a kosher fish, he can't say this. And that's why he comes to the conclusion, after going hold the whole sigia, that it's also to rely on 
salmon fish just because it's pink because again there are other colors other fish which is non-kosher for commercial use and it is pink and in the pink color you have to understand also in the fish there's a lot of color pink this dark pink dark the pink is more darker lighter pink pink which is closer to white it depends how you play with it so basically the conclusion is like we said last week if it doesn't have any skin you cannot rely on it's a kosher fish and of course you cannot rely on the person which told you that is a salmon because that, that that's that's the um, it's nothing which the guy said it's salmon fish that doesn't mean anything so therefore I stick again to the psak of most of Rabonum nowadays which say that basically any salmon which comes without skin you cannot buy from uh, Casco. Now even if it has it has a hersher of one of the national cashless organizations you got to verify if they rely on this cooler which exactly I don't know from where it comes that since it's pink that's fine and if you rely on that you have to decide if you want to go with that killer which basically has no mukam in halacha or you want to be machmar according to pashtas hashechanorech and not eat it but just because it has a symbol of a casual organization does not mean that basically this is a fish which they were checked every fish when it had on its skin so now we we'll go to the next question I bought a Coric coffee machine which is a digital and it's impossible to toivel because you're gonna kill the machine do I need to toivel it and break the machine or I could use it without toiveling now we have to know that most of the electronics machines like like a toaster and etc a George Foreman all these things you could toivel and nothing happens to the machine because you toivel it you leave it a couple of days to dry and you have no problem to using it now there are some machines which basically if you're gonna toivel it you're gonna kill it you're gonna break it why because it's digital and once you dip it in the water the whole digital mechanical um, dashboard will break and you won't be able to use it so basically if you're gonna toivel this Kaylee you're going to break it now the question is do I need to toivel it so basically then I cannot use it or since I cannot toivel it I could use it now the answer is if a person could open it up and dismantle it in a way that he should be able to afterwards re, re uh, put it together reassemble it together that would be the best thing because then Ayid makes the Kaila since he dismantled it somehow that it shouldn't work and he puts it back together assembles it together so that means it's made by Ayid and then you don't need to toivel it that's the first thing which you could do but if you cannot do such a thing and you have no option then you could use it even without toiveling it and the reason for that is because of that we know there's a Shri Siyankov 
Shevyankov, which basically holds that any kela which is mechiber to the wall or mechiber to uh, to the floor does not need to be toivled because it says it's mechiber lekalke, so it's not a kela which you need to be toivled. You have, you have to toivle. Now, not, not all the poiskim agree with the Shevyankov. The Bani Asad with other poiskim do not agree with the Shevyankov. They hold even though it is basically a thing which is connected to the wall, it still needs to be toiled. But at least we have a Shavyank which say any Kayla which is connected to the wall, which also means it only works when it's connected to the wall because you have to plug it in. According to some Poiskim, that goes into the same category of the Shavyankov. Shavyankov doesn't talk about electric. He talks about Kayla which is basically connected to the wall. But some Poiskim hold, the Chalkisyankov for instance say, that if you could use this kela only through plugging into the wall, that is also considered that it's a kela which is mechibar karke, and you don't need to toivel it. Now, not everybody relies on the chalkis yankif. Let me make it clear. But we have over here another tzirf. There's a machloikus of the shagis arya in the avnanizer. If tefilas kailim is a mitzvah, or it's not a mitzvah, it's only the Torah tells you if you don't toivel it, you cannot use it. But there's no mitzvah of toiveling a kaila. Now the Shagas Ari holds that Tvilas Kailem is no mitzvah. The Torah tells you if you want to be Mishtamash and a kaila, you have to toivel it. But there's no, it's not a mitzvah to be a kaila. The, the Avnanizer in, in uh, Arachayim Simatufit Ches, he holds that basically there's a mitzvah to toivel kailam. Oh, but it's not the pshat that if you don't toivel it, it's also to use. According to Shagas Arya, the Torah tells you if you want to use a keli, you have to toivel it. So therefore, if you don't toivel it, you can't use it. Avada, it's a mitzvah because once the toivel tells you that if you want to use it, you have to toivel it, that, that's why you, you toivel it and you make a bracha. But Hakaponam, the ikanikida is what the Torah tells you if you don't toivel it, you cannot use it. So of, of course you have to toivel it. Tavanaizer says no. The Torah says you have a mitzvah to, 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 to toivel it. If you don't toivel it, it's not also to use, but it's mavat la mitzvah. So, according to Davon Meiser, it's mavat la mitzvah when it's shaykh to be toivel it. And if it's not shaykh to be toivel it, it's not shaykh to, to, to be a mavat la mitzvah. It's the oynes, oynes rachmon spotra. So that's why some poiskim, and the Pshloim Zalman and the Pshloim writes, that any kela, which basically is a kela, which if you're going to toivel, is going to break, so basically you are on us. You cannot do the mitzvah, like the Ivan Leiser says. So if you cannot do the mitzvah, you could use it. And we have also the Shavyang, which says that since it's connected to the wall, it is also not mechiev to be toivled. So therefore, we have enough poiskim which we can rely, but sirif, that a keli, a machine, which if you're going to toivel, you're going to break it, you could use it without breaking it. Now, if you can do the first thing which I said, dismantle it and then reassemble it, that's the holidays git. But if you cannot do it, you can still use it, but see of this Chalkis Yankov, Shev Yankov, and Avnanizer, and you could use it if you have no option. Let's go to the next question. I'm going of Miftzoim, and it happened already that I came across Rahman al-Aslana Yid, which has on his hand a tattoo with a cross on it, on the left hand. May I put a tefillin on his hand or not? 
This question is a question which, which was addressed already in Poiskim. And the answer is yes, you could put Antfilin on a person which has a cross on his hand tattooed. Now, that's halacha. Now, some people won't, won't, people who have this cross will be very ashamed of doing that. So you try to convince him he should pick up his sleeves, put on tefillin, and put down the sleeves and nobody has to see it. But if you have a finder guy which basically says, I don't want to put on tefillin on my hands because I have a cross, and that's why I'm not going to put on tefillin. So I saw in uh, one of the poiskim years ago, his name was Rabbi Hill Poisik, he gave out a safer Hill Oimer, and he says that yeah, then you could put on tefillin on his sleeve. And he relies on it because if a person has a mark on his hand and he has some kind a cast or anything which is basically covered his hand, he could put on tefillin on that. So therefore, he could put on tefillin also on his sleeve. And he relies, he brings a very nice thing from the Barsham, which the Barsham brings that the Marich, the editor on Sefer Urich, which is an old, you know, it's not a today's editor. You mean talking about editor, uh, you know, hundreds of years ago, which he holds basically Bechlal, that film has to be put on on sleeves. Now nobody agrees with that with that Machaber, but at least the Marsham uses it that when when you cannot put on film regularly, we have the Shittas Amarich and Sefer Urich that basically that you could put on tefillin on top of his sleeves and that will be fine. But that's only if you won't put on tefillin regularly. If he is ready to put on tefillin regularly, you could still put on, you should put on tefillin on his hands and don't care that he has a cross Rahman on his hands. Next question. Sometimes when I buy chicken, which is salted already, but when I open the package, I see sometimes red liquid in the in the in the um, between the in the chicken. Is it a problem or not? The answer is there is no problem with it because once you salt it, all the blood came out, and that's called illusion apoiskimarir. It's only a juice, which is a kosher juice, and that's no problem. You could even use it. Next question: If someone pledged a donation for the Tishri Shul mitzvah, mitzvahs. He bought the mitzvahs, Dalias. Is he allowed to make other donations before paying the Shul's one? Now the Poskam speak about if somebody buys Dalias. Now, buying Dalias from a Shul, it is as if making a memka. So therefore, you bought something and you have to pay for it. There's no such a thing as, you know, pushing it off. It is basically a mechamemke. It's such a, such a thing as mechamemke that some poiskim, the Mugumurum brings down a question, how could you sell the aliyahs, the mitzvahs on Shabbos, you do mechamemke on Shabbos, and we know that you're not allowed to do mechamemke on Shabbos. So at least we see that's mechamemke, therefore you are machif to pay, and there's no such thing, you bought the lease over here, and you said, you're going to say, I had in mind, I'm going to say, give it for other shul. You bought it in this shul, it belongs for this shul. Another thing we have to know. The question was also if he could pay other tzedukas before this tzedukah. So we have to know the Ramu, Sheikh Nurkh Yerdai Hilchis Tzedukah, Simarashni Zayn Siv Gimel, writes that if a person is noider tzedukah for a basic nessus, he has to give it for the Gaba. 
and once the Gava asks him to pay the, his dues, he's mechiv to pay it in the Fanav. If it's not, he's over al balta achar. It's not like in the Basimikdash that in order to be over al balta achar, you had to go through three human toivim. Over here, right away, if the Gaba asks you, and you're pushing him off and you're not paying it, then you're over al balta achar. So, therefore, answer your question. If you bought the Aliyas, you have to pay your lease so right away once the Gaba asks you for it. And you cannot say, I want to pay other tzedukis before. You have to pay it once the Gaba asks you. And if not, you are a child of Evrabal Ta'achar. Next question. Berchesamuzen. Do I have to bench in the actual chair that I ate in? Or I could bench anywhere in the same room that I could see the place where I ate? The Alter Rebbe in Shechenurach, Simakif Paidalat, Safsif Alav writes, he writes it in another place too, that the person has no problem to switch seats, and if he ate in one corner of the room, he could bench on the other corner of the room. He cannot go from one room to the other room and bench, he eats in one room and he benches in the other room, but in the same room, he could move from one corner to the other corner as long as he sees the place where he ate. And that's not only a small room in the dining or the dining room, it's even in a wedding hall. If you ate in one corner and you'd see the your place where you ate, you could bench on the other corner, and that's even like a So therefore, to answer your question, you don't need to bench on the same chair where you ate this the sud. Next. I'm not sure if you're, if you're aware about a new thing people are doing these days. It's called chip plantation. Basically, people are getting chips into their, their selves, and the chips provide their ID, payment detail, so they never have to carry money or a credit card. I was wondering, is they permitted according to Toyota? I don't know exactly how this works. I didn't make it yet. I didn't hear somebody was making it. But let's, I don't know exactly what, how it works, but I assume that you basically you're putting it in under the skin, like a small tiny piece of metal or something which has information, and it stays inside. I once heard that basically in the military they have such a thing. Looks like I'd start getting Austin in civilian. Now the question is, is there an issue of chatzitza? The answer is no. Even if you have something, if it's buried under your skin, you have a piece of uh, wood which went into your your um, your skin and it's under the skin everything is under the skin it's not a chatzitza so if this is pushed in or it's under your skin there's no problem of the chatzitza now the question he asks those is there an issue with, with bringing pain on the person this will go into the question are you permitted to make cosmetic Surgery, are you permitted to make earrings? You're making a hole, you're making pain. So it goes into the same category. Most of the boys can have no problem with that. So therefore, if there is a tailus for the person by disinjecting this piece of metal into your body, according to that poiskim, which have no problem of putting pain for cosmetic reasons, I, I assume this will also not have a problem. The the, the poiskim which will have a problem of making a hole in the ears for cosmetic reasons, 
this will for sure have a problem by doing this, putting in, implanting this chip. Is it considered like making the two? No. The Torah is exactly what the Torah tells us. That when you take ink, you're making holes, you're putting it for permanent, that's the Isser. But if it's not permanent, and it's not, that's Bechlal, not a tattoo, has no shaykhs with a tattoo. Can you use it on Shabbos to scan the ID, to enter the shul on Shabbos? The answer will be, no, you cannot, because after all, you're doing all kinds of electronic things, and the writing, I'm not going into the Ksiva, but you're making all kinds of things which you're going to do by touching your finger to the machine so therefore no you won't be able to use it on Shabbos and uh, and Yontov okay we time limited so we're going to stop here and Hamir Tashem all the questions which we didn't answer because it came in a lot of questions during the week we are going to address Hamir Tashem the coming week and please join us next week for the next year and submit your Shalas to inbox at Good night.